What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the 90 and 60 Plus podcast. This is the final edition of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Uh, joining us this week, we got a three-man crew. We got myself, Saul, live and in person, and Aldo remote. Aldo, how you doing, man? It's good to have you back on after having the week off. How you been living? I've been good, man. It was um, very good. Um, sorry I couldn't make it last time, guys, but, you know, had to take care of some stuff over in, in Texas. It was all fine there. Um, but how about you guys? How about that final, eh? How about that final, man? That's all we're going to talk about on this week's pod. Well, maybe not everything, but yeah, man, doing great. Um, me personally, I'm ecstatic, really happy as can be. Uh, but yeah, that's just me. So what about you, man? How you doing? Yeah, dude, I mean, great World Cup, I think. Uh, I'd say up there with the 2010 World Cup as one of the the best World Cups I've ever seen. But yes, it's, uh, it's great, you know. Uh, happy, excited to talk about it, but yeah. Even though we don't sound that excited, man, it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had to wait a little bit to so we couldn't get our raw reaction. But no, man, we're here. We're we're alive. We're vibing. And yeah, dude, that's what we're pretty much here to cover. Just, you know, what a game between. Vibing and thriving, man. Vibing and thriving. Yes, sir. I mean, dude, what a freaking game, man. I mean, honestly, after watching this final, Argentina 3, France 3, overtime penalties, late drama, and so on. How can you, how can you guys not love the sport? How can you sit at home and, you know... Uh, sit apart from what is it four billion people that watch this thing every four years man what a what a beautiful game what a beautiful sport what a beautiful spectacular event uh man i'm I lost for words i've run out of uh superlatives to to describe this game but yeah what do you guys think what, do you, what were you guys initial thoughts after or even during the game i mean it was a great game you know i, I kind of started watching late it was already one nil when i was watching but um, it was a great game, man. I mean, I think best final I've ever seen, period, of any game. I think the only other game I can compare it to is the um, Barca 6-1 comeback versus PSG. That's the only game I can possibly compare it to on the level of uh, emotion and excitement and had. But, yeah, dude, great game. I mean, it lived up. I wouldn't say lived up to the hype. I mean, the first... Uh, was it 60, 70, 65, 70 minutes? Argentina just dominated. It looked like they were cruising to victory. And then, you know, uh, France hit them with a quick uh, two goals. But then overtime, dude, just those last, like, two, three minutes of overtime were just ridiculous. It was these guys just trading shots back and forth. But, yeah, just a great game. Boy, did you seriously just describe this FIFA World Cup game to that Barca game? Nah. I'm talking that about level. I mean, as a Barca fan, that's the that's how I compare. I know you're not a Barca fan, so you wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not a Barca fan, but I'm I'm not gonna compare this game. I mean, this was a one of a kind game, you know. I mean, like like I just said off the podcast, we saw one of the goats crowned a world champion. We saw, in my opinion, the transfer of you know power from one generation to another with Mbappe and his brilliant performance. Um, it was just a one-of-a-kind thing, man. It was it was just the cherry on top to this World Cup, um, to this World Cup tournament, which I think by far is the best. Um, yeah, you made yeah, a mistake. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the goat, not one of the goats. <laughs> no, it's, it's still one of the goats. Okay, Alexi Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, man. I mean, you guys said it. I mean... This is probably the best final I've ever seen. Uh, I honestly think it's one of the best games. You know, it's definitely up there for just in general of the beautiful game. But, I mean, dude, I, I mean, I forgot who said it, but someone mentioned Mbappe, bro. Let's not take away anything despite the fact that he lost this game. I mean, who else can say they scored a freaking hat trick in the World Cup final, bro? And, yes, two goals were penalties, and he even converted his penalty in the penalty shootout. But, dude, what a performance. I feel like he single-handedly just willed France back into this game with within touching distance and i mean yeah we can talk here all day about messi and how great argentina was but dude let's not take anything away from mbappe how old is he 22 23 23 and i think he'll be 20 his birthday's coming up so he'll be another year older but man this guy has such a bright future ahead of him how many goals does he have now in the world cup just 14 12 and 14 games which is ridiculous dude well this guy he's gonna I think it's safe to say he's going to shatter that World Cup goal-scoring record for years to come. I mean, so young, so talented, and just so willing, so motivated, bro. I mean, that second goal specifically, what a beautiful goal, dude, just to score two goals and I think, two goal, two minutes, um, just to will France back into it. I mean, 
Holy crap, bro. I mean, <laughs> literally, I think there's only one other player in history that can say he scored a World Cup hat-trick in a, in a World Cup final. But, I mean, should we, is that where we should start with France? Uh, you know, just kind of examine where things went wrong for them and then go on to the winners? Yeah, I think we have to give credit to the um, the losers of this final. But, I mean, uh, I think Dieter Deschamps, uh, Didier Deschamps, uh, he proved that he's an, uh, an elite coach. In my opinion, and um, if this was the end for him, has been rumored that since it's been rumored that Sedan's going to take over him, um, I mean, I think he's done a great service. I mean, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people did count France out before this game. I I counted them out. Well, I didn't count them out completely, but I did say I didn't see him winning in that. Thought maybe seven semifinals at best, but especially after they lost that midfield, but. I mean, he did great. I mean, he did tremendous. I mean, he still has a couple questionable tactics, such as in this game, he put Kamavinga as left back. Uh, I don't understand that one, but, you know, if it works, it works. But, um, Definitely worked, dude. He, he was working wonders when Kamavinga came in. Yeah, Kamavinga. I think since his Real Madrid days, I've noticed, dude, whenever he goes in, he's just like, a super super sub like i don't know how to explain dude he just always changes the game i like i don't know if it's specifically him but it, it like i noticed it with Real madrid like he'd come in and it was just i don't know like something would change and they just start playing good but um i, I asked christian the earlier this and he already, he already answered but he could answer again um so i was wondering do you guys do you think that france would have won this if you know uh big benjamin benzema was there of Pogba, Kante, and I think who else? Kimpembe and I'm, I'm probably and Kunku. And Kunku, if they were all healthy in there at the World Cup, you think this France repeats easily, especially after seeing this? Or what, what are y'all's thoughts? In my opinion, yes, because the subs that I mean, just think about it this way: you're in the final, um, you're losing, you got to make changes, but you just said a lot of your you know more mature, more experienced players are out. Due to injury, you got players like Turam. You got players like uh, what's his, what's his other guy, Kuno, Kornawani. Um, very young, very talented players, but they don't have that experience. And that was the risk the Shams was taking when he put them in. You know, he was he wanted to win before penalties because he knew if if they got to penalties, the inexperience was going to get to these players, and and it showed. You know, I think if they would have had players like you know, Benzema, uh, maybe Pogba because he's got that talent there. Kante would have been there a bit more defensively. I think these experienced players would have helped uh, in those last minutes for sure. So I think they would have gotten the edge over Argentina. Yeah, bro, I think he's just look at the caliber of players that Argentina was able to sub on and the caliber of players that France was able to put on. I mean, no, no disrespect to, you know, like, the players likes of Coman, Konate, Kamavenga, Taram, and so on. But I think it's just a day and night difference between France's sub. I mean, Argentina's subs. I mean, yeah, you had Pogba, Benjamin, um, excuse me, Benzema, Nkunku, <laughs> um, and so on, just to, you know, throw in in later stages of the game. That's a huge difference maker. And even Conte and Pogba, they've been solid midfield for France for years now. So I think having them in the spine of this team um take nothing away from Schwamini and Rabio and Griezmann that played well in the midfield but I think if you just have those two you know right in front of the back four it's a huge game changer for France and yeah I think things would have been different I think France would have lifted the trophy come the end of this if all those players were fit but I don't know man I think uh at the end of the day nothing was going to stop Messi he even said in one of his post-match interviews you know he already kind of accepted that God was going to give him this World Cup, and he really strongly believed that, and that's what happened. But, yeah, take nothing away from Deschamps, France. I mean, Deschamps, right? Trashed this guy years ago for saying... <laughs> I mean, it all started when Blaise Matuidi was playing as a right winger in 2018. <laughs> that's what really sold it for me. But, I mean, dude, come on. He made it to the World Cup final, won the World Cup, made it to the European Championship final. No, he didn't make it then. He got knocked out in, what, round of 16? Quarterfinal? Around there. But... Still really strong showing. Uh, and who can say they've made three finals as a coach and as a player? You know, he's won one as a player. He's made it to two finals, won one as a coach. So, yeah, Deschamps has definitely earned my respect. I think he goes out with a big bang for France. But, yeah, in comes Sedan and the newer generation. But, yeah, man, France, I mean, deserve it second-place winners. Uh, I think they're, argue- they're 
they're up there, you know. Uh, probably going to be number two in the world for years to come with the talent and the squad that they have. But, yeah, man, that's just, uh, you know, you get to be the best, you got to beat the best. That's exactly what Argentina did. Yeah, and also, you mentioned Griezmann, dude. What a what a time to drop his worst performance of the tournament. I mean, what do, what do you guys think of those early substitutions at 40 minutes? They're rarely seen except in cases of injury and um, when the manager's really discontent. Like, do you guys think... Um, they were necessary. Like, you guys think they ended up? I mean, they they obviously didn't did end up paying off. But what what, what are your, your, just your guys' thoughts on those early subs? Because I mean, those are, I mean, for the player coming off, those just destroy you, really. I mean, I think for for the players, you might have to put your ego to the side a little bit, um, because at the end of the day, it is a team sport. You're in a final. Everybody wants to win it. You know, it just wasn't working out on on that day, which is very frustrating. But I think you got to put your ego aside a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I think they were t- totally necessary on them. You know, he could have waited maybe till halftime, but he did it before that, just because um, you know every minute counts, especially in a final. So yeah, they were totally necessary because Argentina was dominating a lot of the game from the get go. They were suffocating France. Um, and Giroud, as as good as he is, as you know, record breaker, he he didn't have, he wasn't up to par against uh, this Argentina side. I mean, I think he was carrying a knock, but that's not yeah. confirmed. And s- same with Dembélé. Uh, Dembélé, I don't think he was carrying a knock or anything, but he just wasn't up to par either. Dude, I don't know what's been going on with them. Dembélé. He's been really tactically disciplined. Like he's been dropping, helping out a lot on defense, but. <laughs> Dude, he just doesn't look like um I don't know if he doesn't have that freedom with France where um like uh, at Barca I think Xavi gives him that freedom of pretty much dribbling as much as he wants. Practically that messy role. But I don't know if the Champ lets him do that. So uh, I don't know, he just looks he looked vastly different for France than he does for Barca, which I mean depending, you know, it could be good or bad cuz on his good days like he's unstoppable, but on his bad days He'll get dispossessed like 36 times and lose possessions and just frustrate you. All right, that's enough talk about the losers. Shall we move on? <laughs> All right. I mean, what else is there to say, dude? Vamos Argentina, vos. I mean, bro, I, I'm not going to lie. Boy, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, nah. <laughs> Although you've Look, you been racially abused quick. by an Argentine? No. No? And I'm, not, I'm, and I'm never going to let that happen. No. But real quick, real quick. I am happy for Messi. I just want to point that out. I am happy for Messi. He did deserve it. But I hate that Argentina won it. Dude, same. That's all I Simple felt. as that. Simple as that. They're always like, Isos, cuantas copas tienes? But you know what's funny? It was like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I am happy for Messi and for Lisandro, for Liche Martinez. I'm happy for them. But not for like not for Argentina, not for the fans. These fans are just going to be annoying and annoying and annoying. But bro, these fans are coming from a country where inflation is a hundred percent, bro, and most of them sold their cars and their houses to go see them win the World Cup. You don't think they deserve this? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, as they say, in life, it's not about deserving; it's about earning, bro. Like, bro, there's Mexican there's Mexican fans that. that sold their cars, like their whole, practically put the, everything, like their family's generation on the line to go to watch Mexico. Mexico doesn't care, so exactly. But no, but still, congratulations to Messi and Lisandro. Yeah, they deserved it. Come on, bro. They've been what is it? They've won. They've lost one game in 36, 37 matches, something like that. I mean, Copa Honestly. Copa America champions, finalissima champions. We're now World Cup champions. I mean. Bro, there's nothing you can't take away from okay. the squad. Finalizama, that's a friendly, okay? That's a glorified friendly. Against European me. champions for Italy? Y- yes. The ones that Italy's not even in this World Cup. <laughs> exactly. So to me, that's a friendly. Copa America, sure, I'll give him that. But, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Nah, bro, you're just a hater. You're Lexi Lawless 2.0, the Mexican version. <laughs> No, nah, bro. I, I was I was about to say something very concrete, and I and I forgot about it. So never mind. Well, I was gonna say since we're on topic of the game, would would you agree with me on saying? Well, I saw someone else say it, so it's not my words. But I saw someone else say that like every penny penalty call that um, 
Argentina could have favored with, they all got called for them because that first pen, I, I didn't, I haven't really seen a good replay of it. But there's people saying it's a foul. I think the majority is on the side that it's not a foul, and then a majority of people are on the side that it's either not a foul or it's a very, very soft pen. I personally don't have any opinion. To me, you know, it's one of those calls that you just go with what the ref called on the on the fields. But uh, I saw some commentators. Uh, we're like, we got to be honest, this was in a pen. So it's just, you know, I, I really don't know which side to go on. But would you guys agree with that? With the uh, with that comments? I don't I forgot who said it, it was a random comment. They're like, but any every penalty that could have um, been beneficial to Argentina got called for them. Bro, to quote, yeah. our, to quote our fourth co-host, Chris, who is not here. <laughs> Hopefully he's with us next week. <laughs> um, sometimes you need a little bit of luck to win uh, tournaments, especially knockout tournaments like the Champions League, like the World Cup. And I think luck just uh, favored Argentina. Yeah, some would say heavily in this uh, 2022 cycle. But, I mean, you don't, you don't earn those things unless you put yourself in those positions to earn them. You know what I'm saying? Unless Argentina was pressing or playing how they were, you know, just coming out of the gate, fighting like how they were. They don't put themselves in those positions to even earn those penalties or even earn those fouls. One, it says a lot about, yes, how they're able to draw them, and but two, just how defenders have to resort to, you know, basically tackling, tackling or uh, amongst those lines to even try and stop a play. So, yeah, some were heavily favored, um, but at the end of the day, I think – there was contact, so I, in my eyes, it's a penalty, albeit a soft penalty. But I mean, I don't think it's undeserved. I just think it's funny how Messi all of a sudden became Pessy. the you know, no, the greatest PK taker uh, in this World Cup, and how they got so many penalties. Because if before Messi was not that great of a PK taker, I mean, he did he did have a new one. Um tactic I, guess. I don't know what the right word would be but you know where he it's practically what everyone's doing nowadays i caught the uh, Jorginho was one of the first people i saw do it where you know they take that stutter step waiting for the goalie to choose a way to dive and then they they go the opposite way but i mean i that's said it before thing. i think that's cute i think i think jan summer <laughs> i think jan summer last year in the in the was it last year damn i think it was last year the euros he showed how to stop those. It's just you either fake one way and go the other or you don't hesitate at all and you pretty much then force them to make a decision and you save it. But goalies yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's young summer, man. It, it, I mean, these guys are world-class goalkeepers. They can pick it up. I mean, it's not that hard just not to hesitate because at the end of the day, they're going the opposite way. They're not shooting it with a lot of power. So if you eventually just wait them out, it's like you can pretty much save the penalty. I, 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 Again, I'm not, I'm not a goalie, so I'm not a professional, but I'm guessing pretty comfortably because some of those penalties are practically passing it into the net. So it's like they should be able to react fast enough and save it, but that's just me, um, I guess, guessing. I mean, bro, let's not take anything away from Messi, man. He's the first player in World Cup history to score in every single knockout stage in the World Cup. I mean, yeah, what what he scored at the end? Seven goals, and I think um, five? No, uh, three of them were from open play, and four of them were penalties. But again, bro, you don't don't earn them unless you put themselves in in those positions. And I guess, you know, yeah, although you're right in the sense that Messi all of a sudden became a great penalty taker, I mean, I could argue that at one point in his career, he wasn't the best free kick taker. He picked that up pretty well. Um, At one point in his career, he wasn't the best dribbler. He picked that up pretty well. to be the best player in the world, you have to be elite in all sorts of levels of the game. I think he's proven that. And especially after missing that uh, decisive penalty in Copa America, it wasn't a decisive penalty, it was the opening one. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that motivated him to, you know, just go back on the field and practice them until he gets every single one right. He's missed a few since. But in decisive, decisive moments, I mean, he comes up big. I don't think we can, you know, really sit here and criticize, like, oh, well. He was this close from missing it, or you know, he wouldn't have all these metrics or goals if he, if none, if penalties were taken out of the equation. Still, statistically, he's one of the best players of the tournament, and still, statistically, he's creating a lot of chances from open play, whether for his players. It's just he's the guy that leads Argentina. I mean, I mean, I hate to say this, bro, but if this was Ronaldo, like we'd be having the same argument with you. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want to discourage or take away, anything away from this man. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from him because, uh, yeah, like you just said, um, 
practice comes into play a, a lot you know just like you said so yeah you i'll give you that point you did get me there um the epitome of that is ronaldo i will say that because messi is a you know natural talented he's he's he was born with this talent ronaldo worked a bit harder for it um but that's no that's neither here or there i just want to say because i just remember what i was uh what my train of thought was uh mexico basically gave him the world cup or tata martino if you will yeah. Because if Mexico would have played like how they played Saudi Arabia, they probably would have won. Argentina would have been out. So, to all you Argentinians saying they, los cuales cuántas copas tienes, pues una ya la tienen por nosotros y los chingados. I don't know if I'd agree with that, but <laughs> yeah, bro, I would, I, I would actually disagree. If we tried to play some attacking football versus Argentina, I think we would have lost four either way bro we still handed them that way you can't deny that I mean I would argue we had played even more defensively than we could have drawn a point away from them but I don't think I don't think even on our best day we would have beat that Argentine squad I don't think any team in the world on their best day can beat this Argentine squad I think France or Brazil could well, I mean, maybe you, if you, you you gotta argue France to not have their best game. Like, not to take away nothing from Argentina, but for sixty, I said seventy minutes, dude, France was looked lost. Like they didn't know what to do. Like Lionel, Lionel Scaloni's plan was working to perfection. France just didn't know what they were doing, which yeah. is why we gotta give a lot of credit to Argentina because, dude, they they outplayed them thoroughly for about seventy minutes and then two quick goals, and it's just like damn. Bro, Argentina, they just, I feel like they're superior to. Any, not maybe not superior to every team, but I feel like they're definitely up there in terms of you know, uh, defending, playing out the back, counterattacking. They hit them with a beautiful counterattack counterattack goal in this game. I mean that link up between Messi, Alvarez, McAllister, and Di Maria for the second goal. Also shout out Di Maria, man. He scored in a World Cup final, Copa America final, and a finalissima. I think he also wasn't he man of the match for Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League all those years ago. Maybe I'm not sure. I think one of those comebacks was. For, uh, because of him, so but yeah. I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure if he scored, but he just has a great scoring record in finals, man. So definitely shout out to him. I wish we could have seen a little bit more of him, but I understand he's carrying a knock. Um, but yeah, back to Argentina, bro. I mean, the the build up, the counter attacking football, the defensive play they they just proven to be elite in every single you know way that they can play, whether it's possession or counter attacks, long ball over the top, little short intricate passes between players up tops, quick one twos. I mean, they're pretty superior, in, in my opinion, to most teams in the world. So I think, you know, they can play any team, adjust any way. We saw Scoloni adjust to many teams in this tournament, whether it was the Netherlands, um, Croatia, or even France in this game. And yeah, dude, it's just, uh, you know, you have to adapt to survive. And they did exactly that in every single game in this tournament, bro. And uh, not just Scaloni, but the players as well. Um, Julian Alvarez, I don't think many of us would even have said he would have gotten this many minutes, let alone, let alone this many goals when this tournament started, bro. I was personally saying Lautaro Martinez would be the top goal scorer in this tournament. And, man, was I proven wrong, but, I mean. Bro. Was that Lautaro uh, Martinez or was that Higuain? Yeah, bro, that's <laughs> what I've been saying. Lautaro Higuain, bro, trying his best to tarnish Messi's legacy. Jeez, man. I mean, that was, um, crap, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Something about Otaro being the top goal scorer. I mean, yeah, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we can kind of switch it to France now. I mean, I mean, we already kind of said most of it, you know, two quick goals and Bappe at the center of everything. Um, I will say Emmy Martinez was so close because he got a hand on Mbappe's first penalty, uh, his second goal. I mean, my God, dude, that, that second goal, that was so beautiful. <laughs> Just yeah. the quick one-two over the shoulder. And who was the player that actually ended up doing the over-the-head ball? It was uh, Marcus Turam. Dude, what an impact substitute player, man. And then what a freaking finish by Mbappe, bro. I mean, that's the type of finish you need from the one of the best players in the world right there. But Martinez, uh, Dibu, he got a hand on it. He even got a hand on Mbappe's penalty in the shootout. So, yeah, just so close, but just so far away at the same time. Um, I already said it, bro. I mean, who who else scores a World Cup a hat-trick in the final? I mean, definitely not Otaro Martinez. <laughs> not even Lionel Messi, even though he came close with two goals. Um, but, yeah, what a player he is, what a, what a team France is. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, luck and – well, I think luck had a small part to play with it. I think it was more so just Argentina being superior in every other way. But, yeah, I will admit they had a bit of luck to this final and to this victory. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, we talked about the offside, right? For no, we didn't. We talked about it off the pod. Oh yeah. So offside. let's go. Let's transition to overtime. I mean, this this was like reminding me and giving me flashbacks about Argentina versus Netherlands in the in the quarterfinals. I mean, up two 0 they blow that lead, and then in overtime they're still superior, just raining down shots. I mean, there was some big chances for France too, but I mean. Well, I know Lautaro missed a big chance in the first 15 minutes of the overtime, and then the second uh, overtime period, that was just insane, bro. Some of the be- I think that was arguably the best 15 minutes of football I've ever seen, just back and forth, up and down like a basketball game. Uh, we already mentioned Lautaro Higuain missed a couple big chances, but Dibu coming up real big with that save on, uh, who was it, Colo? Colomani. Yeah, dude, what a leg save, man. And then immediately after, um, just from one end of the pitch to the other, Lautaro, that's when he missed the header, right? Yeah, it's straight out of bounds. Dude, that was just a dick. <laughs> dude, that's like how my headers on FIFA go, bro. Just the manual headers just go straight out of bounds. And I'm just like, what I do wrong? And even before that, I think uh, there was some nice interplay and Lautaro was right there, but I'm pretty sure Conate got there with the last-ditch sliding tackle. Um, But, yeah, the third goal for Argentina, bro. Um, A lot of criticism, a lot of players saying, you know, uh, first they give him the the penalty that wasn't a penalty, and now they give him this goal that was offside, but some are saying it wasn't offside. Uh, We had a good discussion off the podcast, and although you're 90 and 60-plus residential referee, what, what was your verdict? I mean, it's clear, man. It's not offside. Um, the the diagram on the on the replay it, it showed that the hand was an offside or the knuckle, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. The the rule says that you got to have a, cl- a clear and unfair advantage when it comes to offside, and we all know we can't you can't use the hands in in the game. So there's no advantage there. So no offside. Yeah, bro, Veron's thick ass kept him onside, man, some would say. <laughs> Got that booty. Yeah, I, th- I think I might be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I mentioned it off podcast, but I think they changed the rule recently. I think a couple months, even last season, I think that would have been called offsides, but I think they changed the rule to where it has to be um, one of the goals scoring. Like, um, You have to be able to score a goal with the body part in order for it to be offsides, and since... Well, you can't score with a hand. I think they changed that, so it's not offside. Again, don't quote me on that. I, th- I think I read an article that said that, so but don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. No, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, immediately after that, not immediately after, but six minutes later, bro, France, they score another penalty. You mentioned it earlier, Aldo, but Mbappe, man, just he went to the same side every single time. It's hard to score yeah. two penalties back-to-back, but three? And in a World Cup final <laughs> against one of the best goalkeepers of the, in the world. Oh, man, that's that kid has got some talent, bro. But, yeah, never phased. Um, always confident in himself. Um, yeah, I was about to say, it really takes some balls to do that. I mean, just put it in the same spot in a final. Take some balls to really do that. Yeah. I mean, we saw a couple games uh, back, you know, Harry Kane, one of the most experienced and veteran players at this World Cup, especially when it comes to taking penalties, how much he struggled with taking two in one game. And uh, I guess a little bit comes down to, you know, he plays with that goalkeeper every single day at club level. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you just got to pick your spot and hit it hard and low or hard and high and with accuracy. And and Bobby, man, he's making it look easy. Um, So, yeah, we go into penalties. Argentina converts their first one, and so does France. But it was a second one that was saved by Dibu. I mean, I feel like penalties always favored Argentina just a little bit just because of um, Emmy Martinez's goal. I mean, his penalty-saving record, whether it's Copa America or the World Cup recently. So it was always expected. Um, Kingsley Komen, he's the one that got his penalty saved by Dibu. And then short. Which penalty, may I add? <laughs> yeah, we've seen some horrific penalties in this World Cup. Um, Shuomeni. No, but then we saw, you know, the inexperience of young players like Shuomeni. We've seen that already with some young, inexperienced players in this tournament already. But, I mean, he hit the post or he just missed it? He, he missed it. Why? He missed it. Bro. He missed it. I mean, come on now. I mean, Real Madrid players missing penalties. Hopefully that's Dude, the, the indicative stuff. of what other club season is going to go. But, yeah, man, I mean, oh, dude, what a... What a dramatic penalties, bro. But honestly, you know, even going into penalty shootouts with Argentina having Messi, Dybala, and Lautaro, you know, you just got to give them the upper hand on that. And having Martinez in goal, oh, bro, you might as well just have given them the, the World Cup trophy at that point. Yeah, I, I, the thing that worried me about penalties with France was their, as Aldo mentioned um, earlier, was their, um, their young and inexperienced. Like, 
Uh, Mbappe is the only one that I would say is experienced. And then after that, it was Coleman. He missed. Then I want to say, I think it was Chomeni after that. And he missed too. And then I think after that was Colomani. And he scored. But, you know, uh, three of those players are inexperienced. Like Colomani, that was his first World Cup. I think he's still 18. He scored. Bit Coleman, a bit more experienced, but it's just like, dude, Griezmann, Giroud, all those guys that would usually be there to step up, they they were off the field, unfortunately. So that's the only thing I did not like. But at the same time, he doesn't make those subs. Maybe they don't tie up. But at the same, it's just like that experience, you know. But yeah. So I kind of want to retract it back a little bit to the game itself. Um, Saul, you and I kind of talked about this earlier, but Messi, man, I mean, statistically attacking, yeah, he, he had some great performances today and at this World Cup, but defense, I mean, I've never seen this man defend, bro. I mean, and I think we know why now after today. He's not the best defender. He was just possessed six times in this game, bro, and one directly led to uh, a goal for France. I mean, it was a penalty and then led to a goal, but yeah, man, um, would you say he was a bit at fault for, obviously he was for that first goal, but overall for Argentina's uh, defensive prowess today, you guys think Messi was a bit of an Achilles heel? Oh, I, w- I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is the first game where i seen He's not the best defender, but you just got to give him credit because he's not used to defending. So the fact that he was, I think for Argentina, he was kind of playing that Griezmann role. He was everywhere. Like the amount of times that I would see him like being close to like when a France took a shot or something and I'd see him like near the ball. It's just like, I think he had a lot of defensive actions today, which is crazy for someone like Messi. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen it. Like you heard Guardiola, how he had to play him as a false nine. So he would help out a bit more defensively but even then he wouldn't help out much so it's just crazy but I think he played that Griezmann role now I think for the first time I've seen him playing it he did a serviceable job there I mean can't take away much from him because he's not a defender but I, I thought he played good enough yeah, like I mentioned, just possessed six times. He attempted two dribbles, but didn't complete a single dribble in this game, which I thought was insane. I swear, I thought, him, I, thought I saw him dribble past a couple players, but I guess it doesn't really count as a dribble. Um, but that's defensively. Offensively, I mean, what a game the GOAT had today. I mean, bro, he was uh, in the entire World Cup in, in general. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it last uh, podcast, how we think this World Cup performance surpasses the uh, Copa America performance he had last year. I mean, bro, he was second in this World Cup for chances created. Uh, he was first for shots overall and third for dribbles. So no matter if he didn't complete one in this game, he was still miles ahead of the rest of the competition in general. So, yeah, at the end of the day, bro, I mean, we kind of mentioned this last podcast. And I think uh, if you guys follow us on Twitter, you saw what we put out there but i me personally and yeah i'm a messy fanboy this is the man that got me in love with the sport of soccer um i'm not gonna lie i teared up a little bit watching him finally reach this metric that he's wanted for so long and it's so good to see after seeing him suffer for so many years but no i mean you can't take this away from him you can't take this away from argentina um in my opinion undisputed the goat uh no one will ever take anything away from him uh he has over a thousand and one hundred goal contributions and a little over a thousand games what is it over 40 trophies seven ballon d'or record seven ballon d'or um four uefa champions leagues and one copa america one olympic medal as well which is very underrated <laughs> um and now the world cup you know the one thing that all of his doubters doubters always said oh well he can't be called the goat if he's never completed football yes he's won the ballon d'or champions league he doesn't have a world cup now he's got it, and, and still, even today after he's won it, yes, it's only a little over 12 hours removed, but, you know, people like uh, Aldo, Alexi Lawless, they're still saying he's not the GOAT. Um, yes, no, he is no, no, one no, of no, them. No, you're misquoting me. You're misquoting me. Uh, let me finish. He's, he's still one of them. He, he's still one of them, is what his critics are saying, but for me, bro, undisputed. I mean, this man has completed football, and that's all. That's, we're forgetting he's doing this at the age of 35, bro. I mean, a 22-year-old Messi couldn't do this, um, or a 24-year-old in the case of Mbappe, so I just think it's uh, this man ages like fine wine, and I think that I think Landon Donovan said it best today on Fox. Um, you know, this sport, this beautiful game that we call soccer or football, wherever you're from, it's the greatest spectacle in the world. And you know, we can go look at the NBA, the NFL, the NHL. Um, no other sport unites people all around the world like this. And for Messi to do that on such a high level, year in year out, you know that solidifies him as not only the goat in his sport, but I think in all sports in general, he'll definitely go down with, you know, likes of Brady, I mean, Mahomes, not Mahomes, fucking. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, Bryant. Um, 
I think he's definitely up there and definitely superior to all, all of them. You just look at his trophy cabinet, his statistics, and man, oh man, what a player. And this is the reason why I love this sport so much. And I feel like I've rambled on for about five minutes, so I'm going to let one of you guys talk now. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think this makes him the GOAT. I mean, after he won, as you said, biggest thing everyone questioned him was like an international trophy, won Copa America, and everyone's like, oh, but it's not a World Cup. And now he's got a World Cup, and it's like, you can't say nothing to him. I mean, it's incredible at this age. He shows he still got it. I mean, afterwards, I, I kind of was hoping he'd leave on a high horse. You know, he'd announce his retirement, like, this is my last season with PSG and I'm done. But he said, I want to play as champions. So, you know, depending who you are. I mean, it's not a bad thing. He's staying. I love watching him. But just depending on who you are, you know, it could be a good or bad thing. But then, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean. Uh, the goat, uh, without doubts, in my opinion, you know. I mean, Ronaldo, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't. I I'd say he's one of the goats, as Aldo says. Well, you can only have one goat, in my opinion. And that's Messi, but I think Ronaldo's definitely top three. It's just the only thing that really put me off was when I saw the statistic that um, he hasn't scored in any knockout games in the World Cup. So it's like when his country really needed him the most, it's like. He doesn't perform, and it's unfortunate because he's a great player, tremendous player, one of the best. But it's just like that's what ultimately I think really pushed me because I was always even. Like I've been a Messi fan, but I was always like I could always see the argument for Ronaldo. But just after I saw that statistic of like, you know, it's pretty much like when your country needs you the most, he can't perform. Which I'm just like, damn. Like on the other hand, you got Messi. <laughs> could be penalties, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to. Um, take it away from him or whatever if you don't like him but at the end of the day he performed when his country needed him so in my opinion it makes him the GOAT especially after this World Cup alright although we all know you're secretly wearing a messy Argentina shirt underneath you might as well just pull a nice show of speed and take that shit off <laughs> now funny enough I've never owned a messy shirt or Argentina shirt or a Barca shirt none of that stuff but look y- y'all are getting me y'all are getting it wrong I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it or anything like that. All right? He definitely deserved it, and he's definitely one of the greatest of all time. But the greatest for me, and that's, that's where it comes to, you know, every opinion, but the greatest for me is not even Ronaldo either. It's Wayne Rooney, my boys. Oh, oh my God. This guy I came mean, out of left I field. Thought, I thought shit. you could say Carlos Acevedo or something. <laughs> I was about to be like, my word. <laughs> no, no, but, but seriously, I mean, look. We gotta all debates aside. We gotta really appreciate what we just witnessed um, in these last what 15, 20 years in football with Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, I like how Messi plays. I love how Messi plays. You know, with his passing, his dribbling, his vision. But I also like how Ronaldo plays, just because of his clutch moments. You know, the way he his power, the way he personifies hard work uh, on and off the pitch. And to me, like, I'm not going to debate this anymore because just, I'm just happy I lived it, through it, man, and I saw it. Yeah, I think you make a great point. Everyone always says we just need to appreciate them, but everyone always agrees, like, yeah, we just need to appreciate them, but we end up arguing. But that, that's what's changed with me in the last years, you know. I, I, even though I do think Messi is now the GOAT, I've, I've always appreciated Ronaldo, you know. I never got out – I mean – I've sometimes bashed him, you know, when I was a bit younger, a bit not as mature, when I was just like, messy, 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 but uh, I've learned to appreciate Ronaldo a lot, what he did, and just what these two guys do, and the fact that we probably won't, in my opinion, see this in our lifetime ever again, I mean, it's crazy, man, I mean, Ronaldo's towards the end of his career, and I think Messi's also towards the end, and once they retire, I think is when people will finally sit back and be like, man, we really wasted all those years arguing, when we could have just been enjoying them, and you know, it's uh, exactly. It's like it's like they say you never appreciate something until it's gone. I think that's what's gonna happen is once they're gone, we're gonna be like, man, we need these guys back or something. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So, um, so I mean, I, if you got something or else I got a couple questions for you. No, I mean, I think that's uh, pretty much everything I wanted to say. Although the last thing I do want to say is I think this is pretty crazy. Uh, expected goals for this game was Argentina 3.3. And surprisingly enough, bro, I mean, it's not that surprising because two were penalties, but France was 2.2. <laughs> so, yeah, literally it was just Mbappe willing them back. But, I mean, yeah, that's all I got. All right, so you mentioned it earlier, the Di Maria goal, and I've seen it argued, but 
goal of a tournament? Was it that one, or do you guys have something else in mind? No, bro, the one thing Mexicans will always take away from this World Cup is that goal by Luis Chavez. <laughs> I think that's goal of the tournament. You concur, Aldo, or you got a different one? Wait, what was that question, Can You the, yeah, the, kind of broke up. The goal of the tournament, because we talked about that the Maria goal and how nice that sequence was. It was What's the goal of the tournament? Because I've seen that one brought up as an argument. For for me, the goal of the tournament um, is definitely uh, Luis Travis's. Yes, sir. There was another real nice one that's... Uh, it was kind of scored before, but Chavez surpassed it. Richarlison. Oh, Richarlison, the bike. Dude, there was a couple. There was yeah. that. There were so many good goals. Bro, that Rashford free kick, that was nice, too. Just perfect execution. Dude, oh, my God. Dude, that reminds me of that semifinal. He was so close. Bro. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, in the last minute. Dude, the, bro, the South Korea goal versus uh, Brazil. That one was Ooh, nice. that was nice. If I had to yeah, pick one, really I had, if I had to pick one, I think it would be... Um, I have to go with Richarlison's goal. Like, I'm trying not to be biased towards the Mexican because we really got nothing to take away from this World Cup. But, uh, see, if it wasn't for that goal, we would have been like, oh, we had the nicest jersey. But we didn't even see it play. <laughs> so we yeah. got to take the goal. So uh, I'd say Richarlison's. Honestly, bro. Richarlison's was the best one. But, uh, All right. Well, we're giving away awards. Oh, no, you said you had a couple of questions, yeah. right? Yeah. So the next one, um, obviously Golden Boot, top goal store, that was Mbappe. But Golden Ball was messy. Um silver ball was Mbappe and then bronze ball was Modric and Modric was the one where I disagreed because I saw a couple fans talking about how Brozovic and Kovacic could have been there instead of him and Paris they're like he wasn't even our, the best Croatian people were talking about Perisic or Gavardiol so um, bronze ball but in my opinion bronze ball uh, should have gone to Griezmann I know he dropped a stinker in the World Cup but I don't think, dude, he's had such a tremendous World Cup, in my opinion, that the bronze ball should have gone to him. But interesting to see what you guys say about that. I agree with the Griezmann shout. I don't care about third or second. <laughs> okay. Nope. Where's them? All right. And the last one, then. Uh, young player of the tournament was Enzo Fernandez. Would you guys agree with that? Because I personally... Nah, boy, Luis Chavez. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For Luis Chavez, 26. Yeah, I know. But, uh, for me personally, I think someone, Musiala, if he had gone further, I think he would have won it. But um, I think for me, it was uh, a Gavardil for me. I th- I could see why they give it a Enzo, but I just think Gavardil, dude. I think I think the, <laughs> that Messi goal where Messi just tore him apart, I think that really drove him down. But I think Gavardil, dude, because he was, you could argue he was the best defender of the tournament too, but... Yeah, my opinion was Gavardil. Y'all agree? Y'all, y'all think someone else deserved it? Nah, bro. Enter Valencia. This <laughs> young player. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I agree with Gavardil. <laughs> That's the Croatian defender, right? Yes, and in fact, the one I told it. Well, I, I can't take credit for him, but I did mention him as my player to watch before the round of 16 started. Yeah, I mean, I think if for me, Bellingham was up there too. Oh, yeah, it's tremendous. Oh, yeah, what a tournament. We had a really good tournament. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for me, no, yeah. Yeah, the Croatian defender really stepped up. He played a crucial part in that Croatian run. So, yeah. Man. I think Enzo Fernandez, too, because he, he wasn't a starter, but he won that starting position uh, and then just kept it all the way to the final. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I could see the argument for both, but I just I just lean slightly more in favor of Gavardil. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna go for that reason because he didn't have the starting position at the beginning. Yeah, if it wasn't for Papa Gomez, you know, dropping a stinker in the World Cup, you know, we would never got to see him. So, well, I think it was Paredes yeah. dropped a stinker. I mean, he, he really stri- He just he's just too aggressive, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh man! I mean, dude. Still to this day, I think it deserves a red card for that shot on the bench. Yeah, McAllister, dude. He probably earned. I said it. We talked about it before, but he probably earned himself a, I'd say, a big move. He was tremendous, bro. He came in. I think he's the one that came in for Papu Gomez, and bro, he just solidified himself. Like he, he went from relatively unknown last year to most of us not even knowing he was Argentine, and now he played a crucial role for Argentina. Yeah, bro. I thought he was Spanish. <laughs> Bro, I thought McAllister, I thought he was like 
English or something like four or some foreign name. Uh, all right. So while we're giving away uh, these accolades and these trophies, uh, y'all want to just really quickly try and build a team in the tournament? Yeah. Oh but no! Last one. Last one. Goalie of the tournament. Y'all agree with Debo Martinez? Because I honestly thought it was going to be between uh, Croatia's goalkeeper Livakovic or um, Morocco's goalkeeper Bono because they were both crucial in that run. But I could see why they gave it to Debo. But I, I think I slightly edged towards. Nah, I think I'd stick with Debo. But would you guys agree with Debo or? Would you guys no. Who do you I have? would give it. I would have given it to Bono. You or know, Bono. Bono was my goalie of the tournament until that third place game versus Croatia. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Debo. He, I mean, he single-handedly, you know, kind of got them through the quarterfinal and won them in the final. So I think that's a good shout. And I think that's a good place to start with our <laughs> team of the tournament. I mean, Debo and goal. Um, I still say Bono. I think statistically, though, I think uh, you were mentioning this earlier. I think it was... Vlakovic uh, was first. And Chesney, I think, was right behind him. Yeah, Chesney was tremendous, bro. He saved Poland's ass so much. Like, yeah, that team was literally just him and Lewandowski. But, yeah. no, I think uh, also uh, the Tunisian goalkeeper, I don't know his name. I'm not going to Google it, so I apologize. But he had a 90% save percentage, and that's literally 9 out of 10 shots saved. So, good for him. Um, but, yeah, uh, left back... Let's start there because I think this is the one troubling position where there's no real outstanding player. But if you had to pick one for me, it's Dale Hernandez. What do you guys think? I'm agree there. He, I don't know what happened to him in this final, but yeah. Because same thing, he wasn't in the starting, and then unfortunately his brother got injured. Bro, thank God. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, wish, I don't wish bad on no one, but man, oh man, this, the last few seasons he's been having for Milan, oh, he deserved that starting berth, bro. Uh, starting berth? Yeah, that starting role. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he didn't have it, and then he, he got the opportunity, and he, didn't let he go. took it all the way to the final, you know? Um, Two great goals. Didn't work out at the end. Yeah, I agree with Bill as well. All right, center backs. I mean, I think we're all in agreement with Gabriel, right? Yeah, Gabriel. for one. Yeah. Now, who's yep. the second one? That's where I struggle, man. I I, I really don't know. I mean, I kind of want to lean Otamendi, but I think that's just you know because Argentina mostly won the final. Uh, I can't really come up with a better one though, so I might just stick with him. Bro, I was thinking um, Conate, but he didn't. I don't think he st- he got enough minutes. But every single time he played, he was just crucial, making crucial blocks, tackles. He's always just right position, right time. My opinion should have started. They, I don't think he missed the minutes requirements. So. Um, I think either it'd have to be Otamendi or Guti Romero, in my opinion. And unless Aldo has someone else that he can convince me of, or like I'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. But I think Otamendi or Guti. I'm going to say Thiago Silva. Oh, yeah, Thiago was solid. But... He was very solid for Brazil. Um, very solid. Um, so I'm. That's my vote. I think I'll agree with Thiago, if I'm being honest. Mm. Yeah, I'll agree with you guys. All right, uh, right back. Uh, again, not a lot of good candidates, but when this player shined on his best day, I think he was miles in the head above the rest. So I, I got to go with Hakimi. Yeah, I think either Hakimi or Molina, possibly Montiel in there, but I think it's between Hakimi and Molina, and I think... I'd lean more towards Hakimi. I'm going to say Diogo Dallo. For me, he doesn't meet the minutes requirement. The minutes required? <laughs> yeah, just like, because um, he wasn't a starter, was he? He wasn't a starter, but it was, I think he, he got the opportunity and he had it. Uh, he it it, it was Nuno Mendes got injured and then they switched the draw to left back and he came in at right back. So, but no, it's yeah. just... When I say minutes required is he didn't start enough. Well, he did start a couple games, but no, nah, I still go Hakimi. You know, I guess you're right, Hakimi, because he came in clutch for Morocco in that penalty shootout. Well, in that game to get to the semifinals. So, yeah, I'm going to switch it over to Hakimi. All right. Uh, I think if we're sticking with like a 4-3-3. Yeah. Um, I'll start off with first midfielder, Amrabat. You, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Best defensive midfielder of the tournament. Yeah, Amrabat. Aside from Luis Chavez? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amrabat. That guy was... Everywhere. 
Every, yeah, everywhere. That guy was insane. And he's only, what, 24 years old? Something like that? So he's still young? I think he's 26. 26? Uh, there you go. So. Apparently Fiorentino's asking $40 million for him. Somewhat reliable, people are saying, but I don't know. Which, I mean, it's not a crazy price in this day and age. <laughs> Transfer market, which is crazy, saying $40 million's not a lot. But, mm-hmm. All right, his midfield partners, who y'all got? Onu- Onuaki, I think, his other midfield partner. That guy was clutch for them as well. Well, not I would not clutch, but he was just solid. Just like um, kept the flow going, controlled the game, in my opinion. I would put him on Wahi, his midfield partner. I'd, uh, I think Jude Bellingham's definitely got to be in there for the tournament he had, at least in one of the other center mid positions. And then the one yeah. Luis Chavez? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Enzo Fernandez? I mean, you can't discredit young player of the tournament either. So, I don't yeah, know. No, Enzo was top notch for me. You know what? This is just me. I mean, y'all can do your own thing, but for me, I guess I'd do like a four diamond midfield. And I'd have, yeah, Amrabat at the base of it, Bellingham and Fernandes on the other side. And then as the cam, I'd put Griezmann. Bruno Fernandes? Oh, dude, he had a great tournament for Portugal. Fantastic one, honestly. No, for me, the midfield would be Onuahi, Amrabat, and Enzo. I could see the argument for Bellingham going in there, but I just think the thing that just puts it for me over the top is the fact that Morocco made it farther. And Onuahi played such a big role in there. And then Enzo, self-explicatory. I understand this team, like, on paper, people are like, dude, these are all more defensive type of players. So if you did want to balance it out, you put Bellingham. But we got to remember this team of the tournament, not this team is just hypothetical. They're not going to actually play. So I, I, those would be my three. Amrabat, Onuahi, and Enzo. And I would have Amrabat, Enzo, and Bruno as well. Damn. Nice, nice. I guess the majority wins. And then, uh, well, for me, if I'm sticking with that diamond midfield, I just put Mbappe and Messi up front. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I put Mbappe. Mbappe and Messi, definitely. And then I guess striker, you could. It's, there's a lot of players you could argue. You could argue for Julian Alvarez. You can argue for Griezmann. Olivier, Olivier Giroud. Oh, Griezmann. I put him in the midfield, actually, because he was playing midfield. I'd take. Um, Oof. I think I, I'd sadly have to take Onuahi out when I put Griezmann there in the midfield bit. Uh, yeah, then up top, I guess I'd go Mbappe, Messi, and... Mm. You can put Griezmann as a striker. Uh, I mean, but he was playing midfielder, so I feel wrong doing that. <laughs> but, no, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll put Griezmann striker and then... No, I'd keep Griezmann midfielder. I'll just go with uh, Julian Alvarez just because he was like a super sub most games and just, my opinion, fantastic. Bro, you're subbing Raul Jimenez? Oh, he was garbage, <laughs> do that. Disabled guy. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think, Aldo? Um, definitely have Messi and Mbappe up there. Yeah, and then... What are we debating on? Uh, as, as a striker? We're debating on a striker? Yeah. That's so good. I put Julian Alvarez, but I could see an argument for a couple players. I think I know who Aldo's going to put there. Cristiano Ronaldo. So. Nah. I thought about Conchalo Ramos, but he, he did only have that one game. No, not after that. Not after that went viral. What video? Oh, just just look it up on your own time. <laughs> uh, let's see. I do want to pick Giroud. Giroud. He did break records this World Cup, but let's see. You know who's snubbing as a good number nine? Richarlison. Oh, yeah, he did. Nah, he's, he's, I don't know. I don't know. I think he just had that one goal. Bro, no, he had goals. Dude, he had that one goal versus South Korea. That was a pretty nice play as well, where it was like Uh, defender, defender, and then return. That was a nice, cool confidence finish. That's true. That is true. You know, I want to have Lukaku up in there. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Kane. 
freaking. Nah. Nah, bro, put Maguire up there. He won you every single header. <laughs> Honestly, not gonna. You know, Harry Kane, he, he had a pretty good tournament, too. Well, I don't know. I think it was underwhelming by his stand, Not by his standards, but what we expected of him, honestly. I think that missed penalty really, um, was the correct word, like, uh, tarnished a bit his performance at the World Cup due to the fact that everyone was expecting him to score. So I think that definitely tarnished it a bit. True. Henry Martin is uh, pretty good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I think there was like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Drew. I'm gonna go with Drew. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what else? Can we, what else can we talk about? We're already at an hour. Uh, I don't even really want to do like the. Yeah, guys, club football is coming back. <laughs> you know what that means? Uh, we're gonna have our club football expert back in the house. He exclusively only does club football. I was gonna say we can just do another podcast later this week, and then. I mean, if you want to do that, I don't know. No, yeah, I was going to suggest the same thing. And then talk about club football more in depth. Because we didn't expect this shit to go. Christian's going to be, we'll talk about Argentina for like 20 minutes max. Yeah. So we can just like close this off like our final World Cup and then. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to tell the listeners that, you know, club football is back. <laughs> and now right. Chris back on the house. Hopefully. Uh, Chris, we miss you if you're listening. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's pretty crazy because uh, Premier League, bro, they kick off a week from tomorrow, uh, December 26th. So they got matches that's going all the way from Monday to Wednesday, and then they kick off that weekend well as well, the 30th. Uh, La Liga, they're also in action beginning the 29th. And even Liga, surprisingly, they're in action Wednesday, December 28th. But, uh, you know, the Bundesliga and the Serie A, they kick off until next year. So at least those players get a bit of a break. But yeah, guys, that was pretty much our little mini series on 90 and 60 plus covering the World Cup. Um, what a month, month and a half this has been. Uh, really, some enjoyable football, and it's just good to see how a sporting event, especially of this magnitude, brings so many people together from all over the world. So, really happy that this happened, and uh, I think this was the best World Cup I've witnessed in my lifetime. I think it surpasses, you know, Brazil 2014 and South Africa 2010. Definitely the best final hands down and you know the goat winning his first ever world cup trophy and let's be honest his last is just the beautiful cherry on top to cap it all off so yeah i'm really glad that we got to talk about it uh on this podcast as much as we did with you guys um you guys have been great co-host uh you know when in the last few weeks of my semester you know i was pretty stressed but this was a nice little relief so thank you guys for that and yeah anything you guys want to say yeah man i mean i'd agree i say in terms of footballing like matches and stuff i'd say it's the best world cup but in terms of vibes and just atmosphere i'd say the 2010 nothing will ever match that 2010 or 2014 world cup in south africa and brazil but yeah man i think you covered it best world cup happy to finally see the goat get his trophy well deserved as they say um as a lot of people are saying uh football owed him one and he got it today so happy for that but yeah just can't um, just have to wait another four years it's going to be uh canada U- usa and mexico and probably gonna go a couple of those matches so i can't wait but yeah you know what that means more alexi lawless <laughs> <laughs> what do you think alexi lawless 2.0 aka aldo yeah. well what you talking about so, I, bit max. I don't know what alexi lawless said spit hot fire you got anything else to say though nah man it's just been a ride and a very joyous one so no man it's been a wonderful journey you know just watching the games with you guys uh covering the games waking up at three in the morning uh staying up till three in the morning it's it's been great um like i said can't wait for the next one so four more years yeah man to all new listeners people that started listening to us because of the world cup um I hope you guys enjoyed our coverage, and um, I hope you guys stick around listen to what we have uh, when we get back in club football. So, last thing to do is to thank you guys, and you know. 
Yeah, and if you guys aren't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter and TikTok at 90 and 60 plus. Or it's 90 and 60 pod. So make sure you guys follow us there. Uh, like or subscribe wherever you guys get your podcast. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for Twitter and TikTok. Um, now that I'm off school for a month, I'll be you know putting in the work there. Putting up some videos and whatnot about this World Cup. So definitely look out for that. Uh, thank you guys once again as we all said here before. And until next time, adios. Adios.